other grown-ups I knew. They had not many possessions, and the simplicity in that may have appealed to me. They did not spend much time in anxiety about things. They had, too, a quietness that was not passive, but profound. Dick especially had the gift of meditativeness. Because he was getting old, what he meditated on was the past— in his talk, he dreamed us back into the presence of a supreme work mule named Fanny, a preeminent foxhound by the name of Strive, a long-running and uncatchable fox. There had been, anyhow, only three of us at the table in Grandma's kitchen that noon, Grandma and Grandpa and me. After dinner, Grandpa got up and went straight back to the barn. I sat on at the table, lacking the stillness that filled the old house at such times. The whole world seemed stopped and quiet, as if the sun stood still a moment between its rising up and its going down. You could hear the emptiness of the rooms where nobody was. And then Grandma set the dishpan on the stove and started scraping up our dishes. She had her mind on her work then, and I headed for the door. "'Where are you off to, Andy, old traveller?' "'Just out,' I said. "'She let me go without even a warning. "'The good old kitchen sounds were rising up around her. "'As I went out across the porch, "'I heard her start humming Rock of Ages. "'When she was young, she had been a good singer, "'but her voice was cracked now, "'and she could not sustain the notes.' I went down through the field we still called the orchard, though only one old apple tree was left, and then into the lower field, across the part of it that had been cut for hay, and then followed the dusty two-track road around the edge of a field of corn. I saw the groundhog that I planned to shoot as soon as I got old enough to have a twenty-two rifle. Grandma always put dinner on the table at eleven-thirty, and so it was still close to noon. My shadow was almost underfoot, and I amused myself by stepping on its head as I went along. I was wearing a coarse-woven straw hat that Uncle Andrew had bought for me, calling it a two-gallon hat, plenty good for a half-pint. The sun shone through holes in the brim in a few places, making little stars in the shadow. I walked fast, telling myself the story of myself. The boy is walking across the farm. He is by himself. Nobody knows where he is going. It is a pretty day. On the far side of the cornfield I went through a gate into the creek road, and then through another gate into the lane that went up to the Bratleaf's house. There was a row of tall Lombardy poplars that somebody had planted along the little stream that flowed from the Chatham Spring. When I got into the shadow of the first poplar, I stopped and called, "'Oh, Fred!' Nobody answered. All around it was quiet. I walked the stepping stones across the stream and went up to the house, knowing already that nobody was home but not wanting to believe it. I went all the way up to the yard fence and called again. It was a fact. Nobody was there, except for Jess Brightleaf's old bird-dog, Fern, who had a litter of pups under the front porch, and Mrs. Brightleaf's old hands, who looked at me from their dust holes under the snowball bush, and did not get up. It was hot and sweaty, the kind of afternoon that makes you think of water. 
Everybody was gone, and for a minute or two I felt disappointed and lonesome. But then the quiet changed, and I ceased to mind. All at once the countryside felt big and easy around me, and I was glad to be alone in it. I looked at the sugar pear tree, but no pears were ripe yet, and I went on down to the spring. Some of the Chathams had lived there once, and had left their name with the good vein of water that flowed from the bedrock at the foot of the hill. But the Chathams probably had not called it the Chatham Spring. Probably they had called it after somebody who had been there before. Maybe after an Indian, I thought. People named springs after other people, not themselves. The Chatham Spring was cunningly walled and roofed with rock. There was a wooden door that you opened into a little room, moist and dark, where the vein flowed out of the hill into a pool deep enough for the bright leaves to dip their buckets.